The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us on this Wednesday as we look, uh, take a few minutes into God's Word again, and we're glad you're with us. If you're following along in Scripture, we are in the book of Job, Job chapter 2, as we finished up Job chapter 1 yesterday, and I really love the verse that Job chapter 1 finishes with. It finishes with the idea that all this and all of the problems and all of the chaos that came to Job in just a matter of moments. And all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. Remember, we placed that his, his relationship with God was so much higher than his circumstances. We don't, he didn't worship God because he was blessed. He didn't worship God to be blessed. He, he just worshiped God. And then God saw fit to bless him. He doesn't do that same amount of blessing financially to everybody, but he did. And so we see his relationship transcended his circumstances, which is so vitally important. We're going to jump into chapter 2 now, and we're going to look at what seems to be a repeat of a, pass, of a section of chapter 1. And it is to an extent we go back to the throne room of heaven. Job has... Excuse me, I'm sorry. Satan has inflicted this well, unthinkable pain. Job has gone from being wealthy to being poor, all of his servants. And you imagine the pain that would be to their families. Uh, his children have been lost. He's lost to everything tangible that we hold dear to in our world. And now Satan comes back and stands before God in, in kind of a, bit of a, a bragging session here by God. Chapter 2, it says, Again, there was a day when the sons of God, the angels, came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. And the Lord said unto Satan, From whence comest thou? And Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down and in. So he says again, you got the angels coming before God, presenting themselves. Satan comes. Again, we have a reminder that Satan is allowed in the presence of God. The Bible says he is accuser of the brethren. So we know that he comes in. And frankly, it's an intriguing thing when you think of the idea of him being accuser of the brethren, accuser of Christians. So what we can see is Satan is allowed in the presence of God in heaven. He's allowed in that throne room, and he's allowed to come there and to accuse the brethren. The tricky part is Satan, the father of lies, this is the one time he probably doesn't need to lie. If he goes there before, for me, he can go to God and say, did you see what he did? You see what Rodney did? You see what he's done? Well, all these different things. Of course, he doesn't know what I'm thinking. He can only see the actions, and, and he's, he would be right. He would only have to bring. He goes around like a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. So he's watched. And, he, and usually, you know, he's not omnipotent, so his demon would be doing it. And he would give that information and, and, and Satan would go before God. Your God, the guy, your guy, the guy you think is good, look at what he's doing. And God would have to acknowledge it's true. But in our day and age, this is awesome. As he's accusing us as Christians, New Testament Christians, and that we need to be judged, our mediator, Jesus, stands in between. And he says, I've already paid the punishment for that. that. That's what the beauty of what we see today. When God looks down on me, he does not see my filthy rags, even though they are still filthy. He sees the shed blood of Jesus Christ, and I have been washed in that. I am positionally righteous, not because of who I am, but because of my faith in Jesus. That is the core of Christianity. We cannot earn it. We cannot be good enough for this. We must be washed and given this righteousness. The Bible says God imputes the righteousness of Jesus unto my account. I've still done wrong, but it's been dealt with because of what Jesus did, because he shed blood on the cross. But that, that's a bit of a side point. So he comes in, and Satan comes up, and he goes, where have you been? He goes, well, of course, I've been walking to and fro across the earth. 
Verse 3, And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there was none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God, and stays away from evil? Now he repeats an exact same phrase to, to Satan. Please remember, this is how it started. Satan came back and said, Of course, God gave Satan permission to bring this grief to Job. He comes back and God brings it up again. God brings it up again, have you seen him? And he's kind of bragging on this servant. Not, most of us would not want to be bragged on for this purpose, but, but he was. At the end of verse 3, he goes, And still hold the fact his integrity, although thou movest against him to destroy him without a cause. He's like, you've done all this, and yet he still stands strong. Verse 4, And Satan answered the Lord and said, Skin for skin, ye, and all that man will give, he will give for his life. But put forth thine hand now, and touch his bone and his flesh, and he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, he is in thine hand, but save his life. So what happens is, Satan's never, by the way, you have to remember, Satan's never going to admit he's wrong. Satan's never going to admit he's lost. I mean, you have to consider something. Satan is actively working to deceive. He's actively working to defeat the God, and he has access to the same Bible we have. He knows how the Bible ends. He knows how the story ends. And yet in his arrogance, he still believes he can beat him. He probably thinks he's got the answer. He can work around it. But he comes for God. Instead of acknowledging defeat, he goes, ah, no, this is, if you did more, if you did this, if you did this. And Satan's always looking. In this case, he actually believes it. He actually believes that you've got to do certain things. He's going to convince. He's always wrong. But here's the thing I've had to learn. You learn about this. What is one of the reasons, what is one of the things you see in what we would call a compulsive liar, which is what Satan is? You have to believe your lies. The first person you lie to is you. When somebody is one who lies a lot, the first person they're lying to is themselves. They, okay, they're lying either. They, they lie to themselves and they believe it. We often call that justification. So they lie to themselves and they believe it. Or two, they convince themselves that they can get away with the lie. Either way, they're lying to themselves. The problem with when you do that, the problem with the struggle of lying like that, here's the big problem with it. When you lie that consistently, uh, you begin to forget what the truth is. And then you start piling on and ultimately it becomes obvious you're lying. Satan had to believe this. He lies in front of Almighty God. But you understand, his arrogance took him to an Almighty God. He knows the power of Almighty God and yet he goes against him. So he's continually trying to do this. And so God says, go ahead, you can touch him. Do not kill him, but you can touch him. And we'll talk tomorrow about how well, the pain just gets worse. We'll even talk tomorrow about sometimes the debatable confrontational aspect of, his, of Job's wife's response. And what does that mean? What was it that Job said to her? What does that mean in reality? And we look at this, one of the things we see, why, one, why would God repeat this story? Well, because it's a continuation. We get to see the narrative. We get to see every part of it. Uh, when, well, you know, the other thing we get from this? When things are happening in our life, God is fully aware of it. Now you say, is God allowing it? Yes, in some cases, God is. You know, kind of all fought all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, the trying your faith works patience. That is God's action. Let patience have her perfect work, that you may be mature and complete, wanting nothing. Perfect and entire, wanting nothing. You will grow in maturity. That is God's plan. So God will allow things in there. God put the disciples on the, uh, on the sea with the storms a couple times. He did all this. He walked on the water. He did all of these things to train his disciples to prepare them. So yes, he will put you in stormy waters. He will put you in scenarios that just seem chaotic and empty. And there's no way this can happen. He will do that. And he will do that to prepare you to get you so that your roots have to dig deeper into him. It's the process. Now, 
Uh, I would say that very few, no one really has to deal with all that what Job dealt with, but that's not always true. I mean, when you, when you deal with some of the loss that some people we've talked about deal with, when you deal with the loss of one loved one, or you do the loss of finances, their house, things of that nature, it's, it's debilitating if we allow it to be. So we have to continue to put our trust in God. God's got a plan. He knows what he's doing. So the key we get from being able to look behind the curtain and sit in the for a moment and to be in the throne room of heaven is reminded, we know Satan goes there, but we know God loves us. We know God's got a plan. And see, one thing remember, Satan can't see the future. He's not omnipotent, he's not omniscient, he's not all-knowing, he's not all-powerful. So he, does, he can't see beyond this day that's going on. We, God can, and God not only knows how Job's gonna respond. God not only knows how this is gonna end, God knows how he's gonna bless Job. We'll find out later, Job gets, his, gets children back. Now, they have more children. You know, it doesn't necessarily, they can roast them to dad. They have more children. And his wealth is doubled. You say, but I'm not sure I want to go through all of that. And that's the thing. God allowed Job to go through this and then blessed him immensely because of it. And we'll talk a little bit as we get further in the book. We'll talk more about how Job dealt with that and what that looks like. But thanks again for joining us today as we take a few minutes on this Wednesday out of, out of our day to look into God's Word. We always hope it's a help and encouragement. And Job is practical because all of us at some point can say we've gone through something similar. Not like this, but we've gone through pain and we get to see a little bit uh, of God's view of all of it. Thanks again for joining us this morning. We look forward to seeing you again tomorrow.